Six Pack Lapidat, and today we have Paul Maranzan. How you doing, sir? A little bit tired today. It's yeah. the weekend. And you were drinking this weekend? Uh, I've been drinking since Wednesday. Since Wednesday? I <laughs> like I like to keep a level certain. <laughs> yeah, like what 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 happened Wednesday at work? Uh, was or is it just hey fuck it? Hump day. I was gonna say, why did something have to happen at work? Can it, can it just be a? I drink from Wednesday to Sunday. I'm, My, t- I'm taking the college approach these days. Yeah, apparently you're running it back. Hump day. Let's get drunk. Up. Well, um, I took eight weeks off of drinking, and now I'm slowly easing my that way the back first? in. That was the beginning of easing back in. No, that was like was Wednesday the first time in eight weeks. No, I okay. had the uh, I had the CPU Nats banquet. Don't uh, forget where I believe I got close to teenage levels of drunken intoxication. Okay, I'm glad you finished that sentence the way you did. <laughs> I was going to say, sir, 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 let me stop you. Let me stop you and lawyer yourself up. You got close to the junior I, male team First selection. of all, I kept... <laughs> the, the junior males had a lot to say about you, first sir. First of all, asshole. Okay. I stuck to juniors, sure, not no, sub-juniors. Hey, listen. I'm sure they were all over 18, but those young fellas... All right, the competition was over. You said you were an RMT. Their 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 <laughs> their thighs look a little tight. Their hips look a little tight. I was throwing out the I'm on King of the King of the Lips media yeah, team. Yeah, I wish you wouldn't. I wish I you am, wouldn't. Uh, I'll make you a star. Yeah, jeez, oh, that's nothing but disappointing. That's I'm you go and, and you know what? You I have no idea listen, how disappointing it can be. I get I get they're all eighteen, but you target those fellas who don't have hair on their face yet. And that doesn't fucking strike me. That's it's a little shady. I'll admit it. Okay, but you, you know, got a few drinks into you, and you, yeah. you loosen well, up. And I guess. Well, I guess. Um, but yeah, I I haven't drank since Robbie Burns Day, which is for anybody who doesn't know when is Robbie Burns Day fall? It's in January. January. Yeah, this year was in the nineteenth, and I didn't drink in this weekend. That's a fucking hell of a stretch for me. Not a drop. And I had three beers. Two of them tall boys. And woke up the next day. Obviously wasn't hungover. No, I'm not a bitch. Okay. <laughs> can handle my liquor. I'm not a bitch. But you, I think it makes you tired. Yeah, it does. Is that mental There's that no... only three beers would do that to me? Well, with two of them tall boys, let's say it's four beers. With that, is that mental that makes you tired? Or do you no, think it I actually think it's just a chemical chemical reaction especially if you haven't had a real like if you haven't been drinking and not yeah I didn't drink, didn't drink not months. building up your tolerance apparently like I'm trying to yeah well uh, sure you gotta build a little tolerance towards those fucking young handsome men eh I've gotta build a tolerance towards a lot of things That's, <laughs> I'm not quite randy here but <laughs> like you you go a week with a young handsome man and you'll be a different guy okay but um, yeah oh, I felt a little tired I was a little shocked about that Besides that, it's same old, same old. Fucking uh, everybody's talking about. A, we have um, the U.S. Open coming. Yep. Um, obviously, and that's the biggest meet in the untested uh, U.S. Open. So we're going to start having some people. Now, who... I know it's ranked as the biggest meet because of the prize pool, but would you actually say it is the biggest meet? What do you think it rivals it? I think big dogs. Ooh, yeah. Okay. In terms of competition. Certainly for heavyweights, big, yeah. like that's all big dogs is. Because when it, you think untested, I don't know, me anyways, and you talk to a lot of the guys where it's just totals king. It doesn't go for anything else. And no other meat are you throwing down as big totals as a big dogs. Big dogs is 
they got obviously big names, cash prizes, all killer, no filler, nothing but top guys. They give a shit on about if you're middle of the pack, don't want you. Yep. Only heavyweights. Whereas US Open, like it's it's big big name people, but they'll have some no name lifters, so to speak. And I don't know. Which is tough to say to have no name lifters when you know the Wilkes cap is five hundred plus. But not everyone for not everyone does have that. We've seen some people actually get in that don't have that yeah. looks. It's well, weird. Not when Gracie was uh, running a show. Yeah, when Gracie's running the show. It just wasn't somebody... That's what some people started bringing up. Not to bring up Gracie uh, email no. again. But some people brought up, excuse me, there are people who didn't meet the cap and still lifted. How did that happen? Yeah. It was weird. But nonetheless, not Regardless, really... Regardless, anyways, massive meat. Massive meat, yeah, the US Open. So you know what? I think Big Dogs, you're right. And we should do a preview show for Big Dogs this year, and we will. Um, but so the US Open's coming... Obviously, the IPF World Championships, most of the nationals around the world have already occurred, and the national teams have already been selected. So we're going to start seeing nominations put forth for the World Championships. And um, as we roll into the U.S. Open, we're going to start banging off guests in terms of um, everyone going into the U.S. Open, have, and then at the end, a U.S. Open preview show. And then as we roll into the IPF World Championships... Banging off guests and the showdowns and what I want when there's a big showdown, have both guys, both girls on there, head to head, firing questions. Let's go. Yeah. Because that Taylor Atwood and, and Beckland got a lot of heat and people like it. And um, that's you need to have an emotional investment to these showdowns. You need to have a storyline. That's what helps draw interest. Yeah. And it's not manufactured. I don't want, you know. Talk shit for the sake of talking shit, Conor McGregor style. Just keep it sports. Just, you know, you don't have to do anything you don't want. You don't have to do... Just say, look, this, this is what I'm saying coming in. You can even be friendly to the other guy or other girl. But point is, people want these this content. You know, what's your take on this? You know, what's no, your... What's I, your... It, I think it's necessary and I think it's great. As long as it stays on a positive light, it stays focused on the sport. It well, doesn't become personal. If it doesn't come personal. But no, even like, if it even if it gets shit talking, yeah. keep it sport, I'm fine with well, that. Well, I loved it when uh like Luke Rick- Luke Richardson called out right. Ray. Yeah. And that got a little bit of heat. It got a little LS bit of people saying, like that. A little bit of people saying that exactly. But you know what? I like it. I like it. Yeah. It's not and for the fact that you got somebody like LS who's like Mr. Positivity. Yeah. Being like it's a little early for that, but that's fun. Yeah. That's sports to me. And let me tell you something. If we invite you on the show, if you're one of these lifters, you don't have to talk shit though. Don't worry about that. Don't feel like this is what it is. You don't no, have to talk not about enough. shit. You know, you just got to do, you do you. Um, but also in that vein, talking about what's coming up, we also have the IPF bench only world championships. And um, I want to have a, a, a lifter leading into that as well to showcase that as well. We don't show enough shine. We had LS already. Um, probably a little soon to turn around and have him on again, but we yep. still might maybe closer because he's also going to three lift worlds. But by far... The biggest bench presser in the IPF right now is TD Davis. And um, I'm going to have TD on here. And Which TD's, I'm looking forward to. There is, in the bench only super heavyweights, you have a handful of guys all chasing that big 700. Julius Maddox went first. Julius Maddox hit it. Still got a few other guys going, and TD's one of them. And um, TD's got goals. I'm going to ask him. For the IPF World Championships, I know he wants to win the Worlds. Is he going to go for that 700? 
318 kilo. Some may say 317.5. Is that going to be loaded on the bar? I hope to God it's not 317.5. Don't make that mistake, TD. Don't make that mistake. You're not officially 700. You're not officially. There's a story there. I will never live that down. Should we tell that story now or or later? Let's save it for another day. Yeah, let's let's save it for another day. So anyways, with no further ado, uh, let's have TD on and, and see what his plans for the IPF World Championships are. And we are here, we have TD getting in prep for the IPF World Championships, the IPF Bench God, Bench Kingpin, um, TD Davis, uh, and and probably the closest we've got to possibly hitting that big 700. Um, We've got a couple people chasing it. But TD, can you take a second um, and introduce uh, your friend here? Oh, Michael Baxter right here. He owns a gym that I currently train at. Uh, he's first muscle here in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, funny story, I've known this guy a lot longer when back in the Michiana days when we were in this little commercial gym and uh, these guys were bringing their own bars. I'm like, who, is this, who are these guys? Like, I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, these guys must be some bad dudes. Like, <laughs> they were in pool and whatnot and, you know, we, we ended up being cool and he opened the gym over here, uh, you know, and we just got back to being like really, really close again. So, that's you know, a blessing. I'm over here at a good place and doing a lot better than I was last time we talked. So, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. And you weren't doing half bad last time we talked, neither. You weren't doing half <laughs> bad that time. I wasn't doing too yeah. bad. <laughs> so, what what are some of the changes that have taken place um, since last time we talked? Um. So, new new coach. Um, uh, Josh Bryant with uh, Josh Strong. Shout out to Josh. The dude's crazy. Um. So I'm with him. Uh, I'm training with these guys over here at East Rice Muscle in South Bend. It's an awesome facility. Uh, just the atmosphere, dude. Uh, I just I just love the atmosphere over here. Everything's a lot better. You know, when you go train at a place and, you know, you try to get the best out of everything, you have to, have to make sure that atmosphere is good. Everybody's got to be, like, working hard and doing what they got to do, man. It's just beautiful to be over here to, like, you know, make that happen. So, you know, that's, that's really what's changing, man. I was uh I was on a diet for a little bit, guys. That's <laughs> uh, surprising. Uh, I was on a vertical diet um, with Stan Efron, and man, uh, I'm still on it. I'm gonna go back on it like strictly, strictly. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing good, man. Everything's better. Is it? So. Um, well, well, first off, um, why why when you change coaches, was there was there some kind of we're just getting to a plateau, and you think I need to shake some things up? Um, because of, because of, it was like a plateau in strength and performance. You're thinking you're like I need I got some big goals and we need to shake some things up or what what instigated that change? Yeah, just just some stuff like that. Yeah, you know. Okay. Little, little <laughs> right okay, sounds good. And um, yeah. in terms of the the dieting, so because you're super heavyweight, mass moves uh-huh. mass. Is it um, you want to? Are you do you actually want to decrease size or is it more just? Um, in terms of like what you get from your foods, uh, you just want more performance out of your foods. Um, <laughs> well, I think with the vertical diet, I've seen like my performance is a lot better, but also, um, just trying to like kind of cut gradually just so I'm not so, so huge all the time. I mean, <laughs> it's cool to be big, but like not this big sometimes cause you know, I travel and being on like a plane kind of sucks sometimes and you know, just. Little things here, and you know, high blood pressure kind of sucks. You know, anyone have a stroke, 
So, you know, just little things like that. And, and just so people know who are listening, let's get those numbers. Let's run those numbers, TD. How how big are you? I'm about 440 right now. Woo-woo. You, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So you, you, you're a big boy. And how tall are you? Five seven. Six three. Six three. Okay. Yep. If you're like I'm five foot seven, sir. Four forty. Five foot seven, sir. Four forty. I fill the room. I fill the room. You said you just see this boy move though. I'm telling you. <laughs> really? Can you do like like can you cause I've seen like Ray Williams who's how big is Ray? He's four Ray's he's in the four. He's pushing four as well. And he can move. Yeah. And he does pull ups. And and does like the the agility drill with the with the football as well. Those football. Yeah, you, you should see this. You should see this boy move. We have uh, on our athletic side over here. They'll be throwing the ladders down and doing footwork and speed work, and he'll run over and, and hit the ladder and and he moves. Man, he's got twinkle toes. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, it's crazy. I don't know. I still got it. I'm not that old yet. No shit, TD Twinkle Toes Dave is wild as yep. bad. It's, uh, it's a new handle for him. Yeah. And, um, and does it, like, because we, we had Stan Efferding on here talking about the, the vertical diet. And he was saying, too, how, um, like, yeah, it can drop body weight, but also there's some, perf- like, gut health and the way you um, convert the food to energy. So there's calories, but then it's also what you can pull from it. Do you find... Because we had, like, a lot of people, it felt like we had Stan on here because, like, six episodes in a row, everybody we had on was on the freaking vertical diet. Yeah. Everybody was on the vertical diet. Even, like, Luke Richardson, who was, who's a heavyweight as well, not trying to lose weight. He's trying to get bigger, and he's on the vertical diet. And he's like, man, yeah. it's, it's performance, how you sleep. It's not just, like, a diet isn't just associated with weight loss. That's kind of an old school way of thinking, right? Diet, yeah. weight loss, and it's just not the case, but... Have you felt um, a change in terms of your performance and energy levels based off of that? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely uh, – I was feeling real good, man. I actually wasn't eating enough, so I dropped a lot of weight, but I still was feeling good. Like, I slept so much better. I, You know, I had more energy. I wasn't even drinking caffeine at the time uh, for, like, probably a good month straight. And it was weird because I always drink bang. I'm drinking a bang right now, but that's just because I'm, I'm a little tired. But um, I always – you know, I always felt kind of sluggish, but with that diet, I was always like energized. I was like, all right, cool, let's go to the next thing, let's go to the next thing. And you know, I wasn't, I wasn't so tired. My, my body wasn't so sluggish. I felt like I could always push a little bit extra. You know, mm. a lot better than what I could. And now you're at. Hey, you go ahead. The thing with Stan's diet too, with TD especially, um, we had a day. I can't remember what your training was. But everything was sluggish and off. And all TD did was reach out to him and let him know specifically what he ate that day, um, how things felt, let him know that the weight was moving a little slow. And, and literally, Stan reached out to him almost immediately and changed his his macros based on what the info was that he told him for his next training for his next training day. So it's all adjustable, and Stan does a good job of, of working one-on-one, too. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it's it's got to be tough because I think Stan has this vertical diet's got to have blown up. I see it everywhere when I Google it, and he's got a lot of big time athletes. It, it doesn't hurt that obviously, um, you know, you 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 look like you're a solid lock. Is there anybody close to you in the bench only at the Worlds coming up in Tokyo? Be honest. Be honest. Be, be honest. Not humble. Honest. Not humble. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. To be honest with you. 
Um, because the number they got for me, I think on my nomination, I think it's like six twenty-three, and I'm probably gonna open up around like six fifty. So yeah, uh, me and Josh been working, man, and this guy too, man. We we were just. Did you guys see a six fifty from Arnold? Um, I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. We repost that? Maybe, maybe not. I it looked. It, it looked like an opener. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like an opener. So what? So I mean, you got you guys. You guys saw it. The the yeah the biggest challenge for you is going to be like you said getting in that plane wrestling with this what do they make, are they going to make you get two seats? They better not. We're going to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going get down, man. I'm to yeah, two seats. You're like I seen how they did that small Chinese businessman at fucking what was that air? That was American? United. Yeah. United. Yeah, That's United, right. Yeah. Can you imagine the fucking male stewards like you're gonna have to remove a gentleman? He's 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 refusing. He's being hard to work with. Walking down there, seeing TD, you'd be like, oh shit. No, Bro, I promise you, like, I will legit take my clothes off and put my lotion on, and I will fight. That was that one movie, uh, Bronson. Oh, yeah. The guy from uh, prison in uh, Europe, and he put all the grease on me. Yeah. He was like, come on, these bastards. Like, That's exactly how I would be. I can see walking down the end of the plane, seeing fucking 440-pound TD, six foot three, oiling up. And I'm like, oh, shit. Pointing <laughs> up. He's like, all right, young man, let's fucking get there. But they were moving him to find that, find that stewardess to that flight attendant. I'd be like, can I get you a seat up front, sir? That's right, sir. <laughs> please, sir, please don't let me go through this. But, uh, yeah, but it is, but well, like all jokes aside, that fucking flight is going to be like uh, 24 hours, 26? Um, to, to no, Tokyo, it's, it's, it's going to be. Okay. It's going to be close to about like an 18-hour yeah. day. Because I think we fly, we'll be flying from Chicago to Canada, from Canada to uh, Tokyo. Like, straight there. So, that'd be cool. Wowzers, man. That's yeah. still huge, though. Like, it that's got to be difficult. It is a long flight. Yeah. Always, always say, especially when you travel, um, like, across seas for, like, a meet or something like that. Get there, like, at least three, four days before just so you can kind of get used to everything. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard. Because <laughs> the times are different. Like, everything's different. You kind of just got to find your way. Like, I'm allergic to seafood. So, oh, you know, no. Japan, they have a lot of, like, seafood. Yeah. So, I was like, yeah. I got to find me, like, a, you know, low-key McDonald's or something like that. Like, yeah. I mean, don't, don't, don't tell Stan I said that. Like, <laughs> I got to find some. Or no, I can get some beef and noodles or something like that. But And they, you know. um, they are, like, like, the complete opposite time zone. Like, they had yeah. a different day. Yeah. I remember, like, coordinating with uh, Brett Gibbs for his episode. And I was like, how's Sunday work? He's like, your Sunday or my my Sunday? I'm like, fucking Sunday. And then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right." laughs> I was like, well, that's like, I remember when I was over there for work in Australia, but Hong Kong as well. And it's, uh, I was watching the Super Bowl on a Monday morning in the office. Which is weird. Which is the weirdest thing I ever have dealt with in my life. At that point, it's just like, this is completely this fucked. Is, this is not what I'm you, used to. You were still hammered. Yeah. 7 o'clock in the morning, still fucking drunk out of your face. But, uh, oh, yeah. I was like, but it's freaking you, at the you, office, actually. You've seen it, though. You've seen it affect uh, guys in the past that, did, that have done uh, big dogs. Yeah, big dogs. Yeah. You've seen guys that have flown out. I, I mean, I, I've seen them where they flew out just a few days before and had just terrible performances. Bombed out. Uh, at one of the biggest meets in the world because they, they didn't go out, you know, further enough to make sure that they got used to the time yeah. change, got rid of jet lag, got, got used to altitude changes from wherever they were from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's part of the process. Yeah. No, and when you're dealing with a time change that big, it can be like a week that'll take you at least to recover. Yeah. 
or to adapt. Big time, dude. Even um, if there was no time change, that flight, traveling for some reason, you're fatigued as shit. If I'm in a car for 12 hours, I get out, I've done nothing but sit, and I'm exhausted, man. I don't know what it is with travel. You know, so I don't know. Because you're just sitting down, you're not like letting your body move, building up lactic acid. Exactly what it was. Even like Stan, he he talked about that too, like being on the plane, like make sure you get up every couple hours and walk around a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of hard for me to walk around. I don't want the damn thing to start tipping over. <laughs> I'm going down, dude. I already got excited real bad, so that's going to be real bad. The, air, the pilot's like, could that gentleman please sit down? We're experiencing turbulence. Yeah. <laughs> We're experiencing yeah, normal tur- turbulence here. No shit. And, and um, Tokyo itself as well. Have you been to Japan before, TD? No, I've never been to Japan. Just Africa and Finland, man. That was it. My man, they're going to fucking go crazy when they see you. That was, that's what I was just gonna say. Like you gotta, you think of the the Bob Sapp syndrome in MMA. Like they'll, the, 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 I'm serious. <laughs> you were the new Bob Sapp. You were the new Bob Sapp. Wasn't good at MMA. It's just he was an anomaly to the Asian stereotype. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they see it. this big hulking guy and they loved him. They put him up on billboards, commercials, yeah. everything. people give me a little deal out there. You know what I'm saying? No, so Bob Sapp, for anyone listening who doesn't know Bob Sapp, it's a bit of a reference. Like we're, like 15 years ago, probably was when he was at his height. But he was like, first he started off kickboxing and he yep. wasn't he wasn't crazy good. But um, like you had said, Michael, he was huge, huge dude. Huge black dude. They don't see black people, period. Huge. And, 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 and that side, like, they love large. Like, like sumo, everything. Like, they they, they love that. It's part of, like, culturally speaking, it's big. Because um, I don't know what the average height for a Japanese male is, average weight. But it's not huge. It's smaller in North America anyways. So they, they love stuff that they're not used to, right? They don't see. For many, yeah. many years, for so long, Japan was isolated in terms of trade, in terms of what came in and out, um, even just trying to be a resident and, and, and living there. Very, very difficult. For a long time, it was impossible. So um, they're not like North America, where we're all multicultural. So when they see a white person, they're like, what the shit? You know, they're taking pictures of you on the subway, whatever. They see a black dude, same deal. They see a dude who's going to be 440 pounds. You could be, like, and you're a world champion, mid it's no joke. Bob Sapp fucking was on billboards. He released the fucking... He had a record deal. It, it, yeah. like, the guy can't sing. The guy can't do I'm shit. Serious, man. He released a CD, man. And he, he, like, okay. he was, he was on a game show. I was, game I was show. about to say that. I'm waiting for to see TV it's on like, a show. Japanese game it's show. It's all right. I'm, you know, I'm going to drop a mixtape. He was on like a game... You know they're fucked up game shows. But he was on game shows and shit where like the contestants would like have to wrestle him or he was just weird shit but he became like just a cabillionaire over there um, yeah. all types of, like movies and shit but yeah they love they have they're gonna go nuts as soon as you step off the plane they know you're like you're famous they, they're, they're gonna be taking pictures of you if you god damn it's you no got, joke man you, no, see, when you walk a mall if you walk down Tokyo on the street a parade's gonna form behind you <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be the plan. I already, I already 
like I said, we gotta get one of those like little GoPros and just like that's get right. on my head and like see everybody's reaction. Like, oh right. shit. It'll be crazy, dude. I guarantee you get tons of the, the videos will be absolute gold. They'll look at you like fucking like you're Thanos. They'll be like, oh my god, hide the women and children, this could be the end. This guy that's right. <laughs> dude, he needs to bring with him like he needs to do something over the top, like bring like a giant panda suit or something like that. I was just thinking of like, panda onesie and, and walk around. Okay. Yeah, or your overalls, yep. Or straight up rock the fucking Thanos glove and be like, <laughs> and, and be like, send me your seven best fighters and let's rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I'll get my ass kicked. They're gonna hit me like fourteen times before I even start swinging. <laughs> they gotta bring in the military. They're like, you see fucking helicopters hovering. Like, oh shit, they think this is real. That's right. They're ready to rumble. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, Japan is wild culturally speaking, and um. The way they react to people, because um, I had a buddy who lived there, and he said, yeah, like, on the subway, whatever, they just straight up walk up to you, take pictures right in your face, and you're like, what the fuck is going on, man? I'm just I'm just a dude on a bus, and they're filming, actually. It gets weird. They're going to go nuts when they see you. Um, but, yeah, so so you're going to lay in there about four days before? Yeah, I'm going to try to get there at least three or four days before. Yeah, and just to acclimatize in terms of, uh, you know, man, here's another thing, like, when I was in Belarus for the IPF Worlds, um, I was water cutting, but talking to people, trying to find out like where food was and shit like that, it's difficult when there's like a language barrier like that. Like you go to a grocery store and you you're like you can't read labels, you can't. You're looking at like like um, I when it was water cutting, I could only have so much sodium. So it's some things you could see visually what it is in the package, right. but if you're like to the point of water cutting. I need to read a label to be like, how much sodium is in this? Is this the distilled water or not? Or, you know, it gets tough. And then you stop and ask somebody and they're, they're looking at you like, what the hell are you talking about, man? I don't speak English. So it gets tough, <laughs> man. It's a, I don't know. Are, are you guys, I guess you'll probably be down there as a team or who's all flying out there with you? Yeah, I'll be there. Um, it'll be like a big team. So I have LS with me, LS McLean. So they'll be helping out there. That's my boy. So, yeah. um, He'd, I'll probably be kicking it with him. That dude will be able to talk you through almost anything. That, yeah, man. He's, that, he's awesome. He's a good dude. I'm trying to get him up here in Indiana. He, come train for a little bit. He's literally as fucking positive a guy as you love. I don't think this dude can get mad. You know? <laughs> no, dude. He, he's just... He, um, when we went to Finland, he, he missed his weight. Uh, by like, I think like a pound or something like that. And he was just like still like in high spirits. Like, you know what? Fucking, I'm, I'm going to help you get ready. And he was like helping me in the... Warm up room. He was just all smiles. And so like, he couldn't lift. No man, he he uh he missed his weight like by like a pound or something like that. But see, like, he got to the point where he couldn't lose anymore because he's so swole right now. Like he's a solid dude. Like yeah. he couldn't like lose anymore. Like yeah. it just wasn't gonna go. So like, I mean, that, that dude, he's a hard worker. Man, I love that dude. He's he's something else, man. He's a yeah. For anyone listening, when you show up, like if you're at a a regional meet, you miss weight, whatever, you're lifting the weight class up. You go to nationals, international, you miss weight, that's it. Now, it's one thing to miss nationals and you, like, drove six hours there. It's another thing to fly to fucking Finland and all the money invested, family watching, miss weight, that's hard. And that's just going to show you, like, for for LS to be like, hey, fuck it, it's all good, let's let's keep it moving, I'll help you out. Like, that's the type, things don't, he doesn't carry any negativity with him, right? He's he's fussed off. And and, and, that's, and that's where um, and I love his story too. Um, talking about Belarus, when we went to Belarus, 
He was the fourth alternate on the team. The fourth alternate ends up winning the world championships and upsetting everybody. Like, that's a hell of a, one of those rocky... Fourth alternate? He never should have made the team, man. Like, so many things had to align for him to make the team. And then on top of that, to win the world championships. When I was commentating, I was telling people, like, this is one of those sports moments. Like, this... And because he's such a nice guy, for it to have worked out for him because previously like I mean 93 this is you got some killers in these weight classes right so I mean it, it happens obviously now we know now um, he won obviously in Calgary as well and, and the train's moving for him so in terms of going to Sweden because uh, he didn't win nationals we're like that don't mean shit to LS that, that means he's on pace to win the worlds again yep <laughs> right? like he, he wasn't yeah. he didn't win the nationals going into Calgary and he won the world championships again jeez yeah, he yeah, keeps he's going like, as an alternate. Nice that, that's that's the thing about that dude. He trains no matter what, like he is last, and yeah. that's why he's able to do things like that. Like, yeah, he has that mentality. Like, regardless of what's going to go down, like whether I'm ranked here or there, I'm going to try and get to where I want to be. Like, he just he just goes, man. That's that's what makes him great. Yeah, he's, he's a great lifter. He's a, and he's forty, man. He's in his forties, and he's yeah. not he's not going. He's he's not fading anywhere fast. That's for sure. Um, talking about where you want to be, what what are some of your goals when you when you touch down in Japan, uh, you okay. know, and and, and, and the, everyone's all over you. What are you thinking? A, what's your goals for Japan, and B, what's your goals for two thousand nineteen? Um, seven hundred Japan, man. That's it. Man, that's, this was a loaded question, TD. I just wanted you to say seven hundred. I that's why <laughs> that's, that's why I blew it up for this year, just in case. Um, you know, it's like, look, it just solidify the win, whatever the shit, you know, the worlds, but like, yeah, man, seven, everybody, all the big boys are chasing 700, you know, yeah. um, Maddox hits 700. We know James Strickland we had on chasing 700. Yep. Um, looking prime to hit it soon. Hornstra. Hornstra. Yep. Yeah, Hornstra. Yeah. Chasing 700. He's probably the best. Period. I think so. I'm Jeremy? Uh, he's, I mean, he's going for 700 at 242. Yeah, ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and the way he's moving. I mean, it's yeah. we have a cluster. Right now, the bench only is like as healthy as we've ever seen it. And um, it's kind of weird. Is Kirill, what's his story? Is he coming back? Is he not? Because he came I don't back. Know, man. But I, I hope he does. That make it way more interesting. That's like Thanos coming back. It's like, all right, me, Julius, everybody else, brother, Avengers, we about to come back for that ass. Like, you, you've been kicking ass for a while now. Yeah. We gotta bring that. We gotta bring everybody back. You know, we gotta bring the the uh, all time record back. So he didn't post any train any training videos. Anybody post something of Kirill? It's him slapping somebody. Or it's um yeah, like so. There's a bunch of like when we put out the year in awards and uh, we gave it to uh, the bench for uh, TD or sorry we for Maddox. Maddox. Yeah, and um, some yep. people like Maddox. Um, why not Kirill? And I was like. Man, 2019, you show me what Kirill did. And then people are like, oh shit, I guess, I guess you're right. Like, not to, like obviously I'm not taking anybody away from Kirill all time. No, He's no, got the biggest. But in terms of um yeah, like in terms of like what you're doing right now, Krill bench did one bench only, the same in Iceland, fours um when yeah. four competed as well. And um yeah, it was it was solid bench, but it wasn't it was, I think it was like 660 or something. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was 300 kilograms. I was going to say yeah. it was 300 kilograms. So yeah. it wasn't, um, which is which is like solid lift for sure. 
but like you had said, you had moved um, 297 and a half kilo, uh, like like it was opener type weight. Like this day and age, yeah, that's that certainly isn't gonna get you bench of the year for 2019. So I don't know. I don't know if Kirill's like over that, and he's not. He's just do, like I don't know what he's doing on his end. But um, it, I don't. I'm skeptical whether or not he'll ever come back to being full time Kirill. You know, I mean, what was, what was the what was that top number seven uh, seven thirty eight? Yeah, yeah, which is I mean crazy. And you know what? You know what? I respect about that, and not to discredit anybody else who's ever like done anything, but between Carrell's and Julius's seven uh, hundreds, like those are like the best ones I've seen, especially Carrell's, like the pause and everything. Like, I mean, you see a lot of the guys like Spoto, like. You know, he kind of, it was kind of like a touch and go, looked like a little bit, you know, I'm like, I'm not talking shit, but like the presses were better. Kirill's yeah. 738 pause was, was legit. It was wild. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Yeah. Like that. Like, um, who was it? Uh, Scott Mendelson. Yeah. Uh, his, his 715 was kind of like a touch and go a little bit, you know, like, not discredited, but yeah. yeah, we all know at the end of the day, especially if you're a serious lifter, like what kind of like. What, what that really takes to actually get that type of lift in. So who's really stronger at the end of the day, the guy who's going to pause it or in the touch-and-go guy that gets, like, maybe a few pounds more? And, and also, I mean, no one's beaten it yet. So, I mean, nope. <laughs> what, I mean what, what are you going to do until someone tries to, dethrone, you know, dethrone you? Just sit back yeah, and yeah. watch everybody yeah. scramble to the top. And maybe that's exactly it. Maybe right now, because I think he's probably doing um, other business ventures. He's trying to help run meets, et cetera. So, and he's got a massive following regardless. He doesn't have to do too much. So he's yeah. doing other ventures, um, getting them going. And if somebody comes along, like you said, and his number falls, maybe that's the fire he needs. He's like, all right, put the next three months on hold. I'm getting, I'm getting the old singlet back out and we're going to rock and roll. But as for now, unless these fellas are like anywhere close to the, my, my personal best, let me just work, you know, all these other avenues. But it is, it is weird to see Kirill show up. And I know 660, 300 kilo is by no means small. But for him, like that's not, that wouldn't even be weight that he'd hit on the platform for an opener. You know, yeah. it's kind of weird to see that. Um, you know, it's weird. It's funny you said Scott Middleson. When we had Julius, were you, were you on the Julius yeah. Maddox episode? Um, Maddox was saying he wants the tested uh, biggest bench. And that was one mm. of his goals. And... Um, yeah. I think, and I was like, well, who has to test it? And he said, in this fucking, if I had hair, would have blew my hair back. He said, Scott Mendelson. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> what the no. fuck? What? That's got to be wrong, wrong right? That's got to be wrong, right? I'm pretty sure it's wrong. I'm pretty sure the only one who has a drug test of 700 period is James Henderson. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, because there's because I was like, if that's if that's the claim, I don't even think Scott Middleton would try to claim that. I think mean, tongue in cheek. I think mean, tongue in cheek. He was straight up fucking up. If he was, if maybe he was joking around and it got lost in translation, but I swear to God, did, did he not save Scott Middleton? I gotta think back to that now, but I think he did. And I remember being blown away, like, no way. Was like, hey man, but um, now, so, now Scott though, one thing about Scott though. He was a bad dude because he did have the raw world record and the equipped world record at the same time. Oh, he that was pretty bad shit. In his heyday, before Kirill, did he not hold it? I'm trying to get uh, the lead. It was. It went 
James Scott, um, Spoto. I'm missing somebody. Kirill. And then was, was and Kennedy Jewish? Was there a Ryan? Ryan Canelli was. No, uh, Canelli, uh, yeah, he wasn't. He was, he was equipped. Okay. Yeah, he, he did a raw. I mean, I think he did like I think he did six fifty or something like that. Okay. He's he's a monster too. But he did some. He he took some time off because he went. He actually went to prison. I heard. And then he yeah he came he came back. Now he's back in the limelight. Actually, I hit him up a lot a while ago asking for advice. Um, that dude was so knowledgeable because if you think about it, like equipped guys, they're great at lockout. Yeah, and that's where like most people fail. Excuse me, most males fail. Females, if they can bring up their chest, they can typically lock it out. Males. When the, they get to off their chest, they can't lock it out. So I was like, you know what? It makes sense to ask somebody who's equipped, like, what they're doing for their triceps. Mm. And, dude, he had me doing some stuff. And I'm like, I, I was looking like a WWF. Like, <laughs> I, I was looking like an action figure for a minute with my triceps, man. It was wild. But, I mean, it, it got me stronger. So well, if you think I, didn't about- Spoto, I didn't know it was Spoto after Mendelssohn before Kirill. So it went, it went James, uh, Scott, uh, Spoto, Kirill, Julius. Hmm. Yeah. So those those are six that have hit seven. And that's the lineage right there. Yeah. And Kirill really took that football and just fucking tossed it. Oh, he and tossed that shit. He tossed that <laughs> shit. Now James or, or Maddox, Julius Maddox though said he wants. So he wants the he wanted seven hundred, and then he wanted the um, tested uh, bench. Single and he thought it was around seven fourteen, seven fifteen ish. Is that does that sound about right? Was is there a Fed out there with testing that has a bench that high? Uh, well, so, James Henderson, he did seven eleven. So that's what generation. It was IPF. Oh, was it yeah. IPF raw? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. not really. He was the first one to do seven hundred. No shit. James Henderson. I didn't know it was IPF though. It was. I think it was named something else, but yeah, it was IPF. Huh. So he he did seven eleven, and then yeah. So is this before? Uh, is this before weight class changes, or was this not at an international meet? That's why it's not in the record books. It's it's on open powerlifting. I know that for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly sure exactly what so it, it was, but I'm pretty sure it said IPF and it was seven eleven. So that's why like. I got I got to beat 7-Eleven because for the people that don't know, they'll know now. Um, this will be my last IPF meet, USAPL meet. Oh, so, shit. Oh, wow. yeah. breaking, breaking news yeah. here. Dropping it on the, on the show. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, so you're going for this and you want it 700 in the IPF. Yeah, but I, I, if I'm – if everything's going well with coaching and I talk to Josh, we'll probably, we'll probably go a little bit heavier than 7-Eleven. Let's put it that way. You're gonna chip that and be and get the biggest bench of all time in the IPF. Yep. That's wow, what I want. Is, man. This is crazy, this is man. This would be absolutely monstrous. Um, a That's the plan. In the IPF too, because the IPF, um, their pauses are no joke. Look, I've seen some other. We just touching up earlier. We saying like the differences in handoffs and um, if there's a start command or if it's just handoff straight into it. Um, and the pauses on the chest, this all changes fed to fed. You know, I've seen some bench-only numbers that are super high, and no matter what, it'd be tough. But if you hand off directly into it, or if you hand off and got to hold 700 pounds at an arm's length 
for the fucking start command. And that's like, to hit the numbers you're talking about, IPF, it's almost more impressive than like even heavier with handoff directly to chest. You know, handoff directly to chest, touching, let alone handoff directly to chest, no start command, right into a touch and go. Shit. Like that's just holding it for even two seconds. it's, It's a whole game changer. It's doing it at the strictest level. Yeah, that's that. That'd be that'd be some impressive stuff, my friend. And that's oh, this, yeah. so. This is the preview. <laughs> this is so. This is the preview we're looking at. Um, man, I'm kind of glad you said that because I wanted people to get. I want a little bit of hype for the bench only. You know, the bench only doesn't get enough love. And I was like, who's obviously if you're gonna have anybody on the show and, talk, and bring some hype to the bench only, it's got to be TD. And it, right. Well, there, <laughs> so and here it is. Uh, a chance at uh, watching history unfold. Even 700, you'd be the first man ever to hit. Uh, like So this would be, how long ago was the previous 700 in the IPF? So I, I confirmed it. It was 711. Uh, he was, it was, the, it was the USPF at the time and then IPF. And it actually was held for seven years and it said the only other person that's ever done it was equipped. And that was Brian Siders. Mm-hmm. Uh, USPF? But, uh, he, yeah, it, 711 and he's also actually he's also the highest uh he holds a world record for highest bench press in a full power meet too that's crazy no so uspf was that part that was part of the ipf i think i think it was uspf and then usapl yeah i think usapl took over the uspf hmm because i remember at one point it it still shows as the current all-time drug tested raw world record regardless of weight yeah. Wowzers. That's it. That's where I want. Yeah, well, shit, man. Yeah, let's go. Let's get it. Now, that's huge. Yes, yeah, so this is a little bit of a history lineage on yep. on the uh, biggest benches and the fucking IPF. I didn't know the USPF was. I knew at one point in the 90s, it was American Drug-Free Powerlifting Federation. Yeah. It was a big old... And then uh, I remember like Mark Henry was in that, like Mark Henry, yeah. WWE. And then um, when you went international, it was IPF. And then, um, like, obviously Mark Henry was, like, ripping shit up, doing the Olympics in between, and uh, and then uh, and then the Arnold Classic and ended up hitting that. Yep. So I, you- I think most people don't even remember uh, Mark Henry was that great of a, a lifter before he went into the WWE, man. Yeah, he was, before he was Sexual Chocolate. Sexual yeah. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that was the dude right I forgot there. that was his nickname in the WWF. It, it, how the shit he got a name like Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, uh, I, that's the fucking marketing they gave. Yeah. I'm sure. Like you went Olympian. Mark Henry was a stud, man. He was doing things. He was doing things that nobody else could really touch back then. Yeah. Oh, in the nineties, um, he deadlifted 903 pounds at the. Yep. Uh, it, so, like I was saying, it was the American Drug Free Powerlifting Federation, and then he went on to the. Fuck. Actually, he went on to the World Drug Free Powerlifting Championship, and he won that. But anyways, he's deadlifting into the 900s. In the 90s, and I don't know, like, if anyone's moving, the type of weight he's moving. And keep in mind, still training for the Olympics. And Olympic weightlifting, we know. Olympic weightlifting, it's not exactly transferable. It's not like, well, what's the diff? You're already in the gym. Nah, man. Like, you have so much energy in a week that you're taxing your nervous system. So much for technique, etc. To go to the level of the Olympics twice, like he did, and then the level he did for powerlifting... 
it's difficult, man. And he was just fucking killing the game all at once. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, and then the very first Arnold Classic, which we know the the big events and strong man, the world uh, strongest man, obviously Europe's strongest man, and the in the Arnold Classic. And he went in there and he won that, beating the reigning world strongest man champion. So he's yeah. just like Mark Henry. Fuck me. He's one of those dudes when I think about guys, like when I think about like all round strength athletes. Mark Henry's got to be at the top. One of them. He's, he's up there. There's a guy that, one of my favorites that kind of gets thrown out every once in a while is Koklov, too. He's another one that yeah. was just throwing Olympic weight around like crazy, and then you would see him deadlift and squat, and it translated, which was insane. Yeah. No, he's he, he's an absolute beast of a man as well. Uh, yeah, he's, I think he's even done strong, man. Koklov, too. It's another one, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's a matter of time before Larry Wheels is doing Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, he tried strong, man. It's tough though. Like it's so. I saw him. I saw him throw that four forty or something log up, and then watch Thor fail it on the first attempt and do it. And that was a PR for Larry Wheels. It was the first time he'd done the log. Okay, but that dude like his build line needs to be PR because that dude PRs every day. He saw <laughs> the same size log that Thor's thrown over his head, and he did it on his first try. Uh-huh. And Thor failed on it on the first pump and did it again. And this is this guy that competes in the world's strongest men, you know? Yeah, yeah. Larry Wheels, beast, though, Larry, Larry Wheels is calling him a two pump chump. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's what they say. Larry, Larry's, Larry's nuts, man. He's, uh, I, I was actually at the LA Fit when he was doing uh, his uh, strong. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was cool like seeing him do that. like. But that's a whole other beast, bro. That's literally, literally God, pound for pound. Pound for pound, is there is there a man stronger, more well rounded strength as Larry Wheels walking the earth today? Do you think? No, I don't, I, I don't think so, man. And it's it's not just his strength, like his physique too. Like oh, he's he bodied up. Around, like like it's just that's it's amazing, like what he's doing, and you know, yeah. I, I just I just see that kid just going like places. I hope he, you know, what it's people like him that make the sport grow. It's like they see what he's doing. It's like, oh, well, maybe I might want to get into this. The more people are getting the power of it, the more now it's going to be, you know, for athletes to just do this full time. Because there's going to be so much money going into it. You know, Mark Bell's making a killing, but it takes guys like Larry, it took guys like Ed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Captain Kirk, like all those guys, Mark Henry. It takes guys like those that are changing the game. You know, to make it so that we got, uh, you know, those guys that love the sport can get paid for it. Yeah, now. and you know, Larry's one of those guys that. He's not a bad-looking dude. He has a good personality. He's just like The Rock. You saw him standing on stage. I, I was at the U.S. Open when he competed at, if I'm not mistaken, 308, right? He was like, yeah, uh, but he was 270. Yeah. yeah. He was like he was 276 or 277. Yeah. He was going for the 308 world record in sleeves, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he standing on that podium with the top three guys in that weight class, and the dude is shredded with <laughs> – you know these huge 308 guys or whatever. There's no other. There's no other powerlifter that's 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 doing those things. He doesn't get bored. I think that's a, that's one of the things I like about him the most too. It's like you you hold the world record in these other weight classes. I'm gonna go up in another weight class where I weigh 30 pounds less, compete against the best in the world, and see what I can do. Yeah, you know what I mean? That dude's just nuts. He's but insane. It's, it's and he's what 23, 24. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy how young he is. First off, and the reason like. He's almost like a dude. He's straight out of a movie in terms yeah. of like he's bodied up like a totally unattainable oh, body. He, he looks like an action figure. Like, I mean, literally, yeah. he does. Like a, so they said somebody took um, measurements 
of of like like comic books, for instance, okay? And they said because they're talking about how young young boys they like idolize these comic book characters and cartoons and shit, and and they start getting sports and how like they're saying how girls have these unattainable goals because of of advertising and how boys do as well because some of these comic book people are so their dimensions in real life would be fucking impossible like the size of their chests biceps their waist the abs the whole nine it's like these dudes don't walk the fucking earth and then to be that lean and that muscular have that frame and then have this incredible strength they're like it's just unattainable it's not the shit that little boys should be putting in their head because it's just it's the same with that you do with little girls. It's not attainable. Except we got Larry fucking wheels walking this way. And that is why he looks like one of my old rock figurines. Exactly. And there is why um, girls if they're into a guy that big. Now some girls think it's a little too big. But that's why, like, like dudes, like, you have a gravitate. You're that, that fucking, the idolized, man, that's the, the ultimate dude right there. He's jacked up, chiseled, strong as shit, and doesn't seem to fail. And in terms of excitement following him, like you said, TD, normal people, um, they can't just keep smashing PRs every damn week, and it does, just doesn't get better and better and better. Usually it's like you're, you're peaking, you're smashing big numbers, and then it's a lull for six months. And then you peak and smash with Larry every fucking week you're entertained. It's like, let's yeah. see what the hell is he up to this week. Like, just whether it's overhead pressing off the rack in his gym. He's flying to Iceland, doing it with the world's strongest man. And keeping up with the world's strongest man, despite being half his size. Like, it's crazy, man. It's just, uh, it's yeah. intriguing. This is why, like, a Larry Wheels is so... Throwing up 405 for, like, 900 reps and shit like that. Like, yeah. just stuff that nobody should be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh... Have, yeah. You, have you got a chance to meet Larry before? Oh, uh, yeah, I met him at the, uh, at the expo. Me and Julius went all that stuff. What's up to him and stuff like that, so... Yeah, um, I've seen you, 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 uh, with Julius, and... What is a bench session like when you got some boys like you all, all hovering around a bench press... Donuts before, for sure. We always get some donuts before. We get some good carbs. Yeah. And we just come banging out. He, he likes to come up here because uh, he's from Kentucky. So he's like about six-hour drive, yeah, about six-hour drive. So he'll come up here for a weekend and, you know, come and uh, get some you know some training. Because, you know, we're, we're so close. It's like, why not train with each other? And we're really close to who, uh, Steve Gentelli, yeah. who also, you know, he, he's got a gym in Indianapolis, which is two hours from uh, so about an hour and a half, depending on how fast you're going. But, um, yeah. yeah, so it's like, you know, why not train with people that, you know, can help boost you up a little bit, you know, especially him. Because, I mean, not saying he doesn't really have anybody down there, but, like, there's no, I don't think anybody down there is better than 600 or anything like that. There's so. no, look, I don't think it's an insult to say, there's nobody in the world that's going to hop in on a bench session with you, Julius, and is going to push you, or is going to make you, like, I can't, like, for every single person listening, they have people they can work in with. Your squat, your dead, your bench are going to be relatively close. It's weird to think you guys are in a category where it's like, yeah, there's maybe three guys in the world I can bench with that are actually going to be, let's keep the weight on and we'll just work with 600 for triples today. You know what I mean? Like this is, yeah. this. there's maybe two other guys who, who you can do this with. So that's why it would be kind of weird to have like, yeah, absolutely. If he's, six hours is long, but it's not as much as fucking Russia. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's good. I like that, man. But 
I know I know he's kind of working on doing like squat and deadlift too. I've been working a little bit, so that's like that's actually the first thing uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sign up for a meet, probably USPA, and uh, do a full meet. A, a little bit. You got you got. I just talked about this, so we have the same we have the same massage therapist, and I I was getting worked on today before we did this, and we were just talking about this. I said I've seen TD deadlifts maybe. I don't know, a handful of times here, you know, when we were in training and stuff like that. And you see some of these guys, these bench-only guys. Uh, this is accredited to Josh, too. I, I was coached by Josh for a while, Josh Bryant, for a year or so. Uh, and, you know, some of the best benchers use him. Most of the best benchers in the in the world use him as their, you know, Julius, you, Hornstrom. Oh, really? So he's oh, like yeah. the guy. They're, I didn't know all, these are all These are all Josh Bryant clients. Um, but, uh, this guy, you see some of these guys in these full power meets that are, you know, pushing close to 600 or six. There's only been a few guys that have benched over six in a full power meet or whatever, this and that. And their poles are a little, little down there. These bigger guys are a little down there. And even these equipped guys, this guy's yanked 800 off the floor twice, right? Yeah. Really? Dude, and you got 800 dead on you? And he doesn't train. Oh, he doesn't train full power as his regular training regimen. He's training for bench only. Yeah. And he's yanked 800 pounds off the floor a couple times. TV. You know, he'll go and casually squat 700 for two doubles. Oh, no, wait, talking about, talking about. <laughs> All right, so this guy, I got to give him credit because he's got me wanting to squat a lot more <laughs> because, he, yeah, he's just nuts. So he'll, he'll put on, like, a whole bunch of weight and he'll, wanna, he'll squat. And I'm like, man, what was that one day? And then we were doing the SS bar. And I hate SS bar. That's, a, like, my worst bar, period. Yeah. And... He's like, you know what, it's, it's moving good. And he, he's always, like, trying to egg me on. And, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, you know what, you're right. And so we keep putting on plates. And I ended up doing 700 on the SS bar. And then I, I was like, you know, it was awesome because it was in my sleeves. It was in sleeves, too, yeah. And um, I did 700, two sets of two uh, the other night. or it's a few nights ago. Nice ago. Yeah, man. So it's like, I, I feel like. And he only did it for two sets of two because he was recording it and his phone fell when he's doing the first set and he needed something for Instagram. So he had Instagram. He loaded it up and did it for another double. I was gonna say I watched so that video yesterday. Yeah. So and, and and I and I'll be I'll be a I'll be a testament to the drug testing side of it because he'll tell you I've had my phone ring in the middle of the night saying, hey, we're looking for Thomas Davis. Do you know where he is? He's got a drug. Man, they don't play around. They don't, man. In and the middle of the weirdest night. times. Yeah, they'll, they'll call me because I own the gym that he works out at, and they're trying to find him to make sure he, they can do his random drug test at, like, the weirdest – I mean, I'm telling you, the weirdest times. And I'm like, random. hey, man, uh, you know, I can't know if it's water, USADA. I'm not sure who does your drug testing. Uh, well, I'm, they're weird with water. But I'm like, they're, call, they're calling you. They need, they need you to do your drug test now. How's that work, it's, it's no joke. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. Is it – now, is it blood or is it urine? Oh, uh, urine. Okay, because blood would be really weird at a weird... Like, I don't like needles and veins and shit grosses me out. I'll do it if I have to. But if you right. if you got me in a place where it's not sterile and I feel weird... Like, I don't want to be in a fucking grimy gym and you're breaking out. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to put needles in my veins and shit. Or, like, or jail. Like, he's... Yeah, like, that's, he's right. Yo, that's right. Literally, literally. Yeah, you're a corrections officer. Bro. That's right. For people listening, that's what TD does, man. He's a corrections <laughs> officer. Yeah. 
Um, shit, yeah, they start coming in. Did they show up at the prison or the jail? In, in yeah, they came straight to the jail. They were in the lobby waiting for me with the little cup and everything. I'm like, <laughs> oh shit. When they go time. When they call, when they call me, they were telling me that it was like within. They he they needed to get a hold of him within a certain amount of time, otherwise he was done. Like I mean, it was actually like a time frame. They're like, he's got about an hour and forty eight minutes before. Holy and I'm shit. like, yeah, it's like down to the minute. Yeah, I play around, wow. man, but. So this you, is about to be over with. So, <laughs> so once they put the call out, essentially, it's now your responsibility to get them or like either you get to them or they get to you. But you, the call is out. You got X amount of time to get back and we need to get this drug test going or else fuck it. It's a failed test and you deal with that. Pretty much. Whoa, man. Wow. And it put me out too because when, when he's on duty, he doesn't answer his phone. Like no, he's like, we can't have our phones inside. So. Yeah, so like I'm like, you know, trying trying to call and figure out, and then he calls me back, and he's like, yeah, we got we got it. They actually they called me back and told me they got to hold you, mm-hmm. but I was like, I was freaking out because then I feel like the responsibility is in my head. Like yeah, I'm running yeah. down the road, yeah. <laughs> yeah. driving to the fucking jail, yeah. yelling at the wall. I don't know how to get in the fucking prison. Somebody sent TV out. <laughs> no kidding. So did they go inside the prison and test you there? Yeah, they came in the, the front lobby and then we went to the bathroom and then I did my thing. Did the prisoners be like, what the shit's going on with TD, man? Is he, he's- well, they were like, because I was late doing something and they were like, hey, what's happening? I, I, was, I showed a couple of the guys, I had, I got drug tested. They were like, oh, shit, you ain't playing, huh? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Some of them like, thank God you didn't get some of my pee, you know? <laughs> 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 like, That's right. And God knows who shows up in that pee. Yeah. It, do the fellas there um, in the prison... Like, obviously, they know you lift, and they had to have heard. Um, are they, like, what are they like in regards to that? Do they get, like, a sense of pride? Like, yeah, TD, go get that? Yeah, man. You know what's crazy, man? Like, they, they show a lot of love to me. Then again, like, I'm not, I'm not like, a, you know, like, a, a asshole, like, jackass on TV, you see. Like, I'm, I'm chill, man. I understand those guys, man. Like, I, I grew up in, you know, the hood, and... I seen some stuff, man, but you know, I just took a different route. I didn't want to be a part of that. But I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily one to judge. You know, I've done my fair share of stupid stuff too. Everybody has. Mm-hmm. So who am I to judge somebody else for what they're doing? You know, what they've done. You know, we're all human. You know, and, we and, sometimes we just make mistakes. And they're like supportive, and they want to see you do good. Like, and and they're oh, yeah. behind you with that. Yeah, yeah. Because I would think oh, yeah. so too. Like, no matter what, when people come and visit, if you're a guy in that jail. You know you're gonna be sensitive, like you see that man right there. That's the reigning world champion. Like you can't, you know. It's I, I remember um, I was on set doing a movie. I was just like in the background, shit, nothing big. But a guy on set had told me because I was I'm a really big boxing fan. And in the '90s, um, this one dude who boxed for Canada, I think he won a silver medal, Egerton Marcus. And they're like, you know that guy right there? He won a silver medal in the Olympics. I'm like, what? And most people like weren't super into it, but I was like, what's his name? And they go, fucking Egerton Marcus. Now, for most people, they won't even know. But like this this is like back in the, I think, late 80s, in the 90s as a pro. I fucking popped up, was all over this man. Oh, shit, Egerton, tell me about the time you fought this guy. Dude, like it's, you know, you never yeah. know when some people hear it, it's, it means something. Because how often do some of these dudes, if you're stuck in a prison... And you're not getting out meeting positive people doing positive things. It probably does help to have somebody close that is doing something positive. And fuck, man, you yourself are talking about Larry Larry Wheels are a larger than life human being that people don't get to see very often. 
And you're doing shit that oh, people can't you. people can't even wrap it around their heads, you know? Like it would help if I was stuck in a situation where nothing too much positive around me, but I got a dude who's going to Tokyo and he's gonna win our nation a gold medal, you know what I mean? It would help. I gotta I gotta think so, just you being there, you know? Yeah. I mean and, and, I, was, I was trying to encourage him, man, like you guys like you should see some of those guys in there jacked. They're very strong. It's like when you get out, go start go like lift and like make start making some like just guys in there like literally can come out of jail right now and go on stage. Yeah. Like that's how crazy it is. Like they are so like those guys are in there eating those noodles and drinking their pop and just getting swole and yeah. yoked and they're doing thousands of push ups a day and I'm just like, you guys understand like there's guys that are working like and you guys, you guys are, you beat them. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like they look really good. Like it's like not no like not sound sound weird, but like you know like they, <laughs> they do look good. You know like they, they you know their, their physique is on point and they're actually strong too. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's it, amazing, man. What they, what they're doing with less. It's it's um. Do they for, do they have a weightlifting program in there or no? No, um, they they have, like each ward has access to like a rec room and it's like a like a. I wouldn't say jungle gym, but it's like you have a pull-up bar here and then like a dip part over here. And it looks like one, like just a jail yard, like little contraption that they make. And it's, and it's a, nice. Have they thought about bringing weights in or is it like, or is it like, no, they're not going to let that go? You know what? Uh, I'd highly doubt it. It would be nice if they would have like a special program for certain ones. There have been prisons that have done that. And, you know, once they learn to, you know, those guys, like, they, there's no more fights, you know, and, you know, they, they learn to channel the anger somewhere else. So that, that's just a lot of the problem why people get in trouble because they don't know how to, you know, channel that anger. Like, there's, there's, you know, people go through shit every day. Like, this guy right here, he, he's been going through some things, and he is in, he's in here making it happen. Yeah. You know, like, you have, you have to learn how to make the worst situations, like, motivate you. To like become better, and, and I, I feel like that's 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 something for everybody. And I want to talk about that in one second, but um, awesome. um, yeah, because I, I heard the background story there, Mike. If you don't mind, um, I'll ask yeah, you about that fine. one sec. But um, also, um, is it also it, it, in terms of the weights in prisons? Um, sometimes the guards say because I agree with you. They've done studies, and when there's even a community, um, let's say way up north or on certain reservations um, with natives. They, they found that if you don't have something where you feel like you're improving, you don't have a reason, no goals to shoot for. Uh, when you wake up, it's just no one gives a fuck. I got no goals. I got no direction. I don't know where I'm going. Your likelihood for, for like substance abuse, violent behavior goes way up. When you have goals and something you're shooting for, you, and knowing that, you have a routine. So you wake up, oh, today's my chest day. And what I'm going to do is you have some stuff to do that day You know that you're getting done. When that's not there, um, yeah, I could see where, like, you could make an argument, look at weightlifting will help. On the flip side, uh, what some of the guards have said, and this won't be something you got to worry about, but some of the guards have said, hey, look, at, I don't want to have to fucking wrestle down a dude who's jacked up because he's smashing weights. You know, it's hard to, you know, wrestle these dudes down anyways. So if you're, like, a 185-pound man... You'd be like, shit, man, I don't want these boys getting bigger and stronger. Um, so I can see where it's like, it's tough. You know, it's, you want to give them something. Uh, on the flip side, that dude freaks out and you're like, ah, shit, I'm the guy getting sent in there to try to restrain him. It can get tough too. I mean, then, then you got, then you need like fucking nothing but a staff the size of TD. 
<laughs> you got to stay one step bigger, which again, hard to find. Yeah. But, uh, but then the point of rehab is thrown out the window, though. Like, it's no longer rehab anymore. Like, it's you're, you have to figure out ways around that. I mean, if it's just like you said, it's that feeling of community goes away or some sort of goal or some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, then what's the point of even what's the point of even having a productive jail or prison or means of rehab? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because essentially what you're doing is pretty much creating a larger monster. Yeah. Because a lot of these guys are really, really smart. They're very smart. So if they're just sitting around staring at four walls or three three walls and bars and you're not letting them do anything to rehab themselves and then they get themselves to the point of letting out, you've created a, a worse monster or maybe even somebody that takes their own life or something just because they can't handle it anymore. Which happens yeah. too. Which happens too, unfortunately. When, yeah. you're, when you're talking to TD about uh, some of these dudes just being genetic freaks, um, I think it was... Kamaru Usman. Do you watch UFC much? Do you? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Kamaru Usman just won the title. And um, Israel Adesanya was saying, um, they're, they're like, listen, you guys think we look jacked. Back in Nigeria, they're due to not eating much, not hitting much weight. And um, this, there was a Netflix special called Fight World. And um, Jason Carrillo, I want to say his name was. He goes from, like, country to country, and there's these different, like, martial arts and combat sports that he visits. And he went to, um, I think it was Nigeria, and these heavyweight wrestlers, and they look, my friend, fucking jacked, and were so fast, explosive, showed them on the mitts, showed them sprinting. These dudes were huge, muscular, and they asked them, like, so, and, 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 and like, like, they don't have any money or anything, and they're like... So what is your weight training regimen? Well, we get up and they, they talk about the wrestling techniques and all that. And he's like, I got you. No, I got you. But I'm looking at you. I mean, in terms of your nutrition, in terms of your weightlifting and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, no, no, I don't lift weights. We don't have a gym. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking? How can this be? How are you walking? How is this? Like, and you see the dude. And it's like, how is this possible? And if he was walking around in the U.S., people would be like, oh, he's got to be on steroids. You know, if this dude decided, I want to get as lean as possible, without lifting weights, the dude would look ridiculous on stage. And everybody like that. That's there's no way that can be just genetics. But it is, man. There are dudes walking around, and it would blow your mind. So when you said there are dudes in prison drinking pop, eating Cheetos, and fucking jacked, it, it's crazy. But this shit actually happens, man. There's some. Genetics out there. So Kamar Usman and Adesanya were saying to Dana White, he's like, um, listen, man, if you want, like, untapped talent, these dudes are, are scrappy, strong, and next level. You know, and, and we're starting to see some athletes come over. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's yeah, well, it, uh, Francis and Ganyu, he's another one. They're all those three. He, I mean, look at him, dude. The guy looks like the Batman suit. You know what I mean? Fr- Francis Ngannou, Um Kamar Usman said... They started lifting weight training, and he didn't lift weights. And yeah. I don't know if you've seen Francis Nagano is fucking huge, jacked, like pecs, yeah. traps, biceps. Like, all the, the muscle bodies are so, like, he looks, yeah, like, for sure, it boggles my mind. How did he not lift weights? And then you yeah. see a guy like Stipe, God bless. All right, I get it if you tell me he didn't lift weights. You know what I'm yeah, saying? He, like you know, he, he, looks, he looks like a bag of milk. Okay, yeah. and he's tough as nails. It's Stipe, but 
for Francis Nagato to have never lift weights, it's mind-boggling, man. It kind of pisses me off because I'd be sick just to wake out of bed and be like, well, this is my body. That's all, this, I, get. This, That's all I get out of this. He, I just get angry. He, he wakes up out of bed like, well, this is the basement for me. This is the system. <laughs> this is as worst as I get. And if I start lifting, uh, I'm going to be flipping cars and hurting people. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> But, um, yeah, uh, so, Mike, if you don't mind, let's talk about, because TD had shot me before we came on, um, about the event. Can you tell us a little bit about that, the event coming up and, and the story there? Yeah, so uh, May 25th, uh, we're doing a push-pull here at uh, East Race Muscle at our gym. Um, we've done a couple of these before uh, for local charities. It's one of the things, when I built this place, is it, it was around that, the community aspect, something that we talked about, um, you know, Honestly, the the relatable, I guess, sense or mindset of a prisoner or somebody that's, you know, has these things that they're going through and stuff like that, that's, you can kind of relate the same thing to most powerlifters. You've, hear, you've heard the stories a million times of the ex-drug dealers, uh, addicts, uh, social cues, these things. A lot of it encompasses powerlifting or strength, strength sports in general. And um, so for me, I've always wanted to have that place where... Um, those people could go to get strong, feel safe, be built up and walk out the door feeling better about themselves and, and carry that over into the community. So rolling that forward, we do a lot for the community. Uh, we're involved a lot with the city events. We've been asked to do pretty much every event that they do um, with like our uh, best week ever, which is celebration of our cities like birthday, um, urban adventure, stuff like that. We're always involved. Well, we do these push pulls as well. And uh we always give back to a charity. Um, we had had one planned, and it was for Black Iron Gym out in Nevada, uh, uh, the uh, Reps for Recovery. Have you guys heard of that program? No. no. It's essentially a powerlifting gym, Olympic lifting gym that welcomes former addicts or struggling addicts, and it puts them through a program, gives them a free place to train and stuff like that. Uh, it's a pretty neat place, pretty neat program. Um, this is where our, our push-pull fundraiser is going to go for this year. Um, well, the event was coming and my daughter, uh, she ended up, uh, becoming ill, I guess is the best way I could say it. Uh, it's something that she's, uh, been struggling with her whole life, which we didn't know up until we, uh, made this little trip to the hospital, but essentially she had a fever for a few days and we took her in, uh, to get checked out into the ER cause we were a little concerned and she ended up, uh, almost a month later, she has this uh, condition that very few children have. Uh, she, we have this portal vein, and all of us do, that transports all of our blood, proteins, all of that throughout our body, through our liver and our heart. Um, it's the main transportation system for all these things. Well, my daughter doesn't have a working one. Um, and she's been living that way for almost four years. Uh, and what had happened was she developed these little veins that were trying to do it on her own and those things couldn't hold up. They started to burst and she started to internally bleed. Um, it, it took about a month. Uh, she was in the hospital, um, eight blood transfusions, four or five surgeries, a bunch of other things. And, uh, they finally came to this conclusion. Well, the surgery that they need to do is essentially a transplant and, uh, a bypass. They're going to graft her jugular vein, uh, which is one of the main, you know, the main veins in your body is, transports blood to the brain they're going to take that and uh, essentially create a new transportation system from her liver to her heart um, yeah and uh so this surgery uh you have to be 
accepted into um, and approved for, and she has not been yet uh, because it's such an invasive, the actual procedure is about 10 to 11 hours long. Um, and as you can imagine, on a little three and a half year old little body, that, that, that's something that, you know, can't be done too often. Uh, a lot of times the surgery is done on middle-aged alcoholic males who have cirrhosis of the liver, failing livers and stuff like that. So, um, so she's still fighting it right now. But while we were in the hospital, uh, the members here at my gym, um, decided to put together another push pull to help benefit my family essentially, um, while also keeping the gym running, doing things for me that I didn't ask to do to make sure that everything was running smoothly. Um, I was blown away. I've been doing things on my own since I was about 13. Uh, most of my life, I, I can tell you things that a lot of people have gone through that, you know, you see in movies. And so I'm, I'm not used to people doing a lot of things for me. And so essentially we decided to combine the two, uh, you know, charities that we were going to give to and, the money that they wanted to give to me, I want to give back to the hospital that my daughter is seeing in Chicago to help more research for what she has mm -hmm. so that more kids can be taken care of um, because a lot of these kids don't make it. Uh, the plan B for my daughter, if she's not approved for the surgery, is essentially surgery every year for the rest of her life. Holy um, holy so it's a, it's a lifestyle change. Yeah. So, um, so what we're doing May 25th is we're going to bring a bunch of people in. Throw away, throw around some heavy ass weight. Oh, yeah. Hit some PRs. Uh, you know, have a good time. Um, it's a push pull, so you know we're doing a bench deadlift, uh, three judged attempts. Uh, we got a lot of things going on. There's a lot of people in the community that are getting involved. They did a news story on my daughter um, to help with the event, uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm very humbled. It's a good group of people here. Like I said, uh, it's not, you know, you guys have been to these type of gyms. It's not like a commercial gym. It's a very niche style type of facility. Yeah. So when people yeah. come in, they don't usually leave. Uh, so it's a good core group We're of people. Family, man. Yeah, that's, that, it, 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 it sounds hokey to say sometimes, but it is. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all struggled with things that, uh, you know, I don't think the, the rest of the fitness community can really relate to. Um, I, I always tell people that powerlifters have, have a screw loose, man. They got something something loose up there and uh having a place like this allows them to feel whole and uh i saw that i saw that with my family coming together to pick me up so it's a lot of fun uh i'm excited it's gonna be great um td will be here uh there's a couple of best believe will be here baby we got a couple <laughs> other guys that are coming up some big name lifters and uh it'll be a lot of fun Joyce um, will be up here yeah oh Joyce uh -oh. will be there too yeah, Joyce will be up here. Um, I'm, I'm working with a couple other people too. So, dude, this is, we're, this, we're is big. this is world class. You know, you yeah. got the two strongest bench pressers in the world showing up. That that's nothing small. It, it, can people? It's watch kind this? of crazy because I've made my rounds throughout this little journey. I'm not the best powerlifter in the world. I program a few athletes here and there and stuff like that too. But I'll go to a lot of these meets just to kind of motivate people and be there and be behind the scenes and do this stuff. And I've met a lot of these lifters that. Um, have always come back like uh, we talked about Steve Gentile uh, that guy's a great dude I mean I'm telling you like and I, I have no no reason to be down there training with those guys and he lets me into his gym train with him and um, there's a solid chance he'll be up here uh, with Garrett um, Garrett Fear yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, so, had, uh, we had Steve on the show yeah nice dude approachable humble yeah, is, I said um, I forget what I put in the caption 
He's wearing sun. He's wearing glasses. You go, oh, Steve doesn't look nearly as scary with his glasses on. And then um, he's like, I, I look scary. And I was like, dude, you're the a monster. The, the he, dude's a silent. Yeah. He's a silent killer, man. Yeah. Like he's he's a quiet he's a quiet guy. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't he, he's so it's like when you just see someone you don't rec- you don't realize who they really are until you get like talk to them get to know them. You know, a lot of these dudes aren't what people think in their heads. Um, they don't know how nice the guys they are, how far they'll go for you. Um, if you don't, so if you don't mind my asking, is it um, like, do you need, do you have, do you need help covering this uh, surgery? Is there something we could do in terms of anyone listening to this to direct in terms of helping that out, or is it more? They, yeah, you let me know. Well, that's that's something that I'm never going to say. There's that's something I'm never going to say. I can tell you now that we've probably broke. You would be like I can show you. We're at about three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand dollars in medical bills at this point. Holy so, shit, man! Yeah, and so uh, I'm a I'm a small business owner, um, and I own a couple other businesses. So my insurance is terrible. <laughs> so I have to purchase my own insurance. Um, but I've I've been surviving long enough. Um, to be able to make things happen and do the right things. And to be honest with you at this point, I'm just trying to get plan a for my daughter. Like I just want her, I want to get to the point where she's got, she doesn't have to worry about this anymore. And it's not something that she's going to have to deal with for the rest of her life. I'll figure out the rest later. Fuck me. Okay. Well, having said that though, if someone's listening, to this wants to get involved, whether they watch the live stream and they're appreciative and want to make a donation for the for just watching a live stream, let's say. Because this is something where you got some world class athletes. You post this up. Is this a where can they where can they get involved with this um, and help out? Shoot me DM. I'll, I'll take care of it. He, he don't want to do it. I'm, I got okay. it. Okay, there we go. Taking care of man. This is what family does, man. This dude, yeah, yeah. this dude's a wonderful guy, man. And I, I see, I see, he does, he does a lot for people, man. Yeah, and it's. It's awesome, man, what he does for all of us, all of us here, other people around here, man. Just a great dude, great family, man. Somebody I look up to when I get some, when I get some kids around, man. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> no, no shit. This is a great family, man. Well, it, so we're going to help him as much as we can. It, it's, um, I mean, we had Julius Maddox on this uh, as well. In his episode, you got guys like TD and Julius Maddox. They're, this, were you on the Julius Maddox yep. episode? I think I asked you. Um, his story, he does motivational speaking, such a positive dude. You need to surround yourself with people like this. You know, it's weird. We said that earlier in the episode. I had no idea um, the extent of what was going on here. And, um, yeah, man, you, this, is, this is why you surround yourself with positive people. Some people, even if they're talented and strong, if they don't bring that, you know, if they bring that negative vibe, that negative shit where they're, they're comparing themselves to other people but negatively – so they knock other people down because there's yeah. something going on there. As opposed to when someone's positive and they come around and it's like TD knows who he is. He doesn't need to b- break down a Julius Maddox and vice versa. They go together. You know, you know, it's like the positivity brings each other together. That's you're so much it's so much easier to deal with anything in life when you got people like that around you. As opposed to if there's people around and they're around you, but um, they're somewhat, whether envious or what have you, if shit hits the fan, they're not the ones helping you out. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, it's just not the same case. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big deal to have an environment, like TD was saying earlier, in a gym 
where you just all have that. No douchebags, basically. Right? Nope. It's, it's, it makes a huge difference. To like, yeah, and we don't have that here, life. period. So, and there's no, there's no underlying like goals or anything here. This is just a place to go and, 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 and break away from, break that mold of your former self. You know what I mean? Like just get better. That's all it is. So, yeah. so we both have been in places where it's the complete opposite. So where there's been, yeah. you know, other, other things, other goals in mind that just weren't the same, you know, to build everyone up, to put together a community of people that are trying to help themselves. You, you, you can be, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes to get in a room and you see the resumes of the people in the room and you think, let me inter- inject myself into this environment. And when you actually get there, that's when you might find out, depending on who you are, how those egos interact with you. If you're a threat, if you're not, whatever. But you get real, you're lucky sometimes. You throw yourself in an environment and um, you meet somebody like a TD and everything you want him to be he ends up being like personality wise and like shit and, and, man you know it's, I, it's like he lives up it's okay to meet your idol if it's a guy like TD you know or and I'll tell you well. it, I told him I told him right before we logged in today I took on a new athlete today who uh, he, he has no social media he doesn't he trains in the middle of the night where no one else is around you, you know who I'm talking about and uh, not that much self confidence doesn't get a lot of people cheering for him or anything like that I'll say this, I, I can say this a lot, and it'll sound like I'm pumping rainbows, especially since I'm in front of him, but this guy will come into the gym first and make sure that everybody else is jacked up before he starts his sets, and he doesn't make it known that he's starting his lifting. Like, hey, look at me, I'm working out. I got 10 sets of five at 550 pounds on bench, which is yeah. something no, no one else in the gym is ever going to touch for a single. Or maybe the world. But <laughs> he will, yeah, he will be, he will be there in everyone else's face on their sets, making sure that they're hyped up. Uh, he's going around helping everybody load weights, uh, spot every, it, I mean it. Like I'm not just saying it. It was something that I only experienced a few years back when we were lifting at a shitty commercial gym with bent bars and everything else. And we were the only few people that were lifting, I guess, big weight at the time, you know, yeah. we thought it was. And then, you know, kind of went our separate ways and come back. It's something that, uh, we needed to, to help, help keep building this keep building this this positivity and stuff like that he will too he'll do all those things and then he'll set up his he'll set up his sets without just being like hey look at me i want a crowd around me to see what i'm doing he doesn't do that and today was a good example that i got this new athlete that comes in no confidence you know just kind of comes and goes a little antisocial. and it's the first time like in front of everybody that he had to do some testing and there was crowds of people around him and td screaming at him to push that yeah, fucking yeah. weight, and dude, you—I don't think I've ever seen him smile. I today was the first day I, I have ever seen this kid smile, yeah. and he was smiling like crazy. I told, and it, that was a conversation me and him had between the two of us before we even logged on here. So that was a real conversation. I was like, man, I'll tell you what, I appreciate what you did for this guy today because it's something that I think you really needed. Now you yeah. PR in all three lists today. Yeah, you know, it's a blessing, dude. It's a blessing how much you get done. If you're when your atmosphere is positive, if you have like little dumbass like negative shit, then you're gonna hinder yourself and everyone's success. But if you're able to lift everybody else up and everybody else is getting up, everybody's succeeding. You have to think about like if you're if you're a rich, successful business owner, you're not gonna be hanging out with like people that aren't on shit. You know what I'm saying? You have to be around people that have the same positive, same drive. Everybody has to like come together. That the whole like 
the energy thing, man, I just, I, I'm a firm believer of everybody's energy feeds off everyone. And if everybody's all positive and ready to go, everybody's going to just destroy shit. I, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's I, about the energy. I love it. I, uh, go back to that story I was saying about um, the guy I met who, on set of that movie, he, he won like a silver medal at the Olympics, boxed professionally, etc., like, I was just so into all those boxing stories. Like, he he was on the same national team with Lennox Lewis when he won a gold medal and shit like that. Like, he's one of those dudes. And then somebody mentioned That's I did powerlifting. And um, I was, like, embarrassed to talk about it. I started, he started asking me about it. And I was, like, embarrassed to tell him about that shit. And I did, like, a, I pulled, like, a bus or something for, like, a, a fundraising event. And he thought it was crazy. And he wanted to hear more. And I'm like, like, I'm embarrassed. Tell him about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, fuck you. Fucking train with Lennox Lewis. You were in the Olympics, man. Like me and my brother watched you on TV when we were kids. And then when I came to the set the next day, he was like, Superman. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> like awesome. um, it's like, I, I felt like he, he doesn't, I don't know if he knew, but I was like, cause I looked up to him like that for him to say that. I'm like, holy shit. I like came home like, honey, you know who Edgar DeMarcus is? He he called me Superman. I was texting my brother. Do you remember Edgar DeMarcus? I met him, blah, blah, blah. And it just shows you how like, he, he doesn't give a shit. Like he puts away his own ego. If, cause like he's an older dude. If he, if he was still trying to live in the past and he didn't know how to take it, he hears that I'm also a power lifter. He might, you know, a guy who's a little insecure or whatever, but he's vibing on this kid looks up to me. Let me give something back. It'll fucking make his day. And that's where, like, a guy like yourself, TD, like, you might not even know because you're in this position. Um, yeah, man. You shoot a guy a message. It could turn a quick DM. Hey, man, I see you doing good. Here's some positive. It's a way bigger deal than you think. I remember to this day when George Chevallo came to my high school to talk to us. And uh, my one, he fought Ali twice for people listening. George Chevallo as well, boxing guy. And uh, my one buddy in high school fucking slept in, played hooky, showed up at lunch. And I'm like, bro, you fucking missed George Chevallo. And he's like, that was the day <laughs> of all the days. We talked about fighting Ali. But the point is, like, to this day, I, you remember that shit, man. Like, um, it's like a currency you have when you build yourself up and, and you're positive. It's a currency you have to affect other people. And that's a huge thing that you can bring to the table. And uh, some people don't get it, you know, that they, they don't get outside their own heads. But uh, that's why it's it's good. I'm glad you and Julius link up because he's the same type of dude like you. In terms yeah, of man, I love that dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, listen, we're at an hour 15. Um, TD, just a quick, if anyone wants to reach out to either one of you gentlemen, just watching on Instagram or they want to see the push-pull, how's the best way to, to follow you guys and to watch your journey on uh, to the World Championships, TD? Um, I'm on Tinder. I'm kidding. Not for that. I was supposed to say could have been worse. Depending on the week, depending on the weekend, I'm on grind. Yeah. Um, T Smash on Instagram. Uh, East Race Muscle. Um, and then the other one was Baxter MC. Baxter is my initial. Yeah, Baxter MC on Instagram. Gotcha. And also. If you do want to donate to the push poll, you can still do that. Uh, just send it to the gym's uh, PayPal. It's info at eastracemuscle.com. And I'll probably get a, a swipe up um, for the okay. Instagram story. Make, make shit easier. 
for people to okay. type in and whatnot. And um, real quick before we let you go, TD, both of you guys like to get who you want to thank. But um, you were saying, TD, this is your last IPF meet. Next, yeah. what's what's the goal after this? I actually, I should ask you that before I let you go, because people probably listen like, dude, fucking. I used to want to know this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Forget the people that are listening. Yeah, yeah. What's the I goal was... after that? Um, we're gonna do full meet, probably USPA. Um, I told myself I'm not gonna do a meet unless I'm gonna total very close or at twenty three hundred. So I, I figured if I could squat like round. Eight something in wraps, uh, bench about 650 and pull about eight, 815. Uh, I'll get to 23. So, damn. And, and, uh, is there a competition in particular, or are you gonna wait, get past the worlds, and then take a look? I'm gonna get past worlds and then worry about it. I, if I find one, you know, closer, and then I'll probably start training a little bit for it now. But right now, the goal is just get that 700 in Tokyo. And there's, there's, there's some money meets in the USPA. They got like exactly. not not just U.S. Open either. They're like tribute and like there's there's money popping up, you know. Yeah. Collect some checks. The very yeah. least covers your like flying and whatnot. But some of them, it's that and then some. You can make it. You yeah, can make a tiny chunk of change. Yeah. Um. So anybody you guys want to thank before we let you go? Uh, shout out to uh my sponsors. Uh, shout out to East Race. Muscle and this guy right here and everybody that trains here, everybody that's involved. Uh, Athletes Edge, my uh, masseuse TJ, he's a hard ass. Uh, he hurts. He, he really does hurt <laughs> me when he does the massages. One on one fitness, Titan, all those guys, man. So it's funny. And my got, mommy. It's funny you got a, a masseuse, man. My masseuse complains about like he's got to drop an elbow instead of his hand. He's because oh, working with powerlifters, I have to get through their muscle mass. I'm a buck ninety. Okay, you're, you, okay? your dude must be putting he's, a fucking knee in your back. He's dropping. <laughs> no, no. I, let, let me tell you something. I do my my uh, masseuse's programming. He makes me scream, dude. But <laughs> I feel better. Like I'm telling you, that's why I haven't had any like. Any issues? Like, I'm, I'm good. I feel great. Our, our, our masseuse is a 450 bencher. I mean... Oh, okay, well, there you go. He would have to be. Because breaking yeah. down the muscle, because, like, a mas- they, they, like, my guy drops an elbow, and then, obviously, you know, you turn and whatever and whatnot. It's tough, man. He's like, yeah. he, it's a tough workout for him. I can imagine TD, 440 pounds, this dude's got to work to get through that muscle mass. You know, to get down to the root of the muscle. Hey, I'm telling you. He's got he a does. I, I, and, I, and I hate him because <laughs> it hurts. And it's just like, I feel like it's part of my fault. Program. <laughs> so it's like, he's getting stronger, which is good, but it's like, he's killing me. But then again, I'm, I'm not hurt. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If no. you're ever in the Chicago area around where we're at, I'm going to make sure you get. <laughs> you uh, you're breaking up a little bit there. Hold on one second here. Ah, froze on us. Oh, is it still froze? Wait, looks yeah. like it's still. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I think it's coming back. I think it's coming back. Can you guys hear us? Shit. Testing. Okay, we can hear we can hear you now. Shit, the answer did. Wait, no, we can't. No, shit, let's just. Oh, hey, I'm call back. 
Gotta do this proper. The hardest working masseuse in the business. I can only imagine. Fuck, man, I'm telling I, you. I would expect it to be like dropping drop, like, just <laughs> drop kicks the guy, like, to try to break down something. He goes, he goes TD, um, I need you outside in the parking lot, and he fucking hits him with his car. Yeah. He goes, throw your shoulder down, with this side, we're gonna loosen up that shoulder, smoke some of this fucking car. Yeah. There we go. Because TD is an absolute monster. I'm not joking. So Pat, you know Pat, works on me, works on Randy. He, like, will drop an elbow into my shoulder and, like, not, not drop it into it. But he will yeah. use his elbow into it because he needs to get deep and he, he needs to break down the tissue and grab onto something and lean and work it out like that. Grab the arm, move it up, down. Yeah. But um, I can only imagine 440-pound, 200-kilo TD, 6'3", and he's like, my shoulder's tight, man. You've got to get in there. So, Jesus, man. That's a hell of a... Like, you literally... you yeah. so, No, you... I get... Uh, he goes, well, he, the guy benches 450 himself. Well, I he's guess... He's going to have to. Yeah, he's going to fucking have to be a strong lad. I'm mean, not getting a 125-pound girl, little Chinese lady, and, and and TD could literally eat her weight in, in for lunch. Yeah. It's like, work out my I mean, for me. I get it. Yeah, like... My masseuse is probably, she's probably like 130 pounds at max. So, okay. you know, and it's sh- weird the strength they can get though. I, you know, I say that. Oh, you this don't little tiny no, lady. She will make me cry. Yeah, but that's when she calls you names and you well, pay, it's, you pay it's, extra for it. It's emotional. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You also pay her to kick you in the balls and stuff. That's not necessarily a masseuse so much as one of those other houses. Oh. That's right. 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 I've been paying the wrong service. Yeah. Well, uh, or the right or the right source. Right yes, listen, listen, listen. You got what you paid for. It's the therapy I needed. <laughs> yeah, you listen. Either so, way, you came out of the room feeling looser and better so, about yourself and ready to face the day. That's what you got. That's what you wanted. But uh, but no, honestly, like as you said, like I'm a 170 pound guy, and my massage therapist has to take the next session off after working on me. No shit. Because she's that tired. Like, if yeah. she sees me book, she'll end up not booking somebody in the next session. Yeah. So, yeah, for a massage well, therapist, you're working on a 440-pound man. Well, she also feels dirty, has to take a shower. You know, she's probably tired, kicking me in the balls that many times. And <laughs> She's like, again? There's again, that, there's, again, sweetheart. Again, again, you want me to slam the door on what? Let's go, sweetheart. I paid for an hour. <laughs> and then for the next hour after that, she's taking a shower, washing her hands, getting her mind right. I get it. Thank I God get. names were not used. <laughs> <laughs> and do you want to shout out your masseuse for anybody in the Guelph area? Yes, <laughs> But anyways. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm glad we had TDO in here. Yeah, uh, it's too bad it ended the way it did, but... Well, we were just we, giving the thank yous, so, um, I mean, I'm sure he wanted to get some thank yous in there, yeah. but at least it was at the very end of the episode that we cut off, as opposed to fucking halfway through. Yeah. It's good talking to TD, because he's, he's... Hey, I, I love... He's got an interesting job. If you know the movie with Bruce Willis where he's at, like the security guard guy, uh, Unbreakable. Okay, yeah. And um, he's got super strength. And you're like, yeah, well, if you, you ended up taking security. I mean, it, it makes totally makes sense. You gravitate towards, well, if you're TD, yeah, I guess you would work in corrections, working in jails. Like, he's an absolute monster of a man. Yeah. If anyone's going to walk down that, that aisle, yeah, it, it'd be TD. And honestly, he would be that beacon of hope the beacon of inspiration for them, something positive. Because he's not a gruff dude that's just going to be bringing more, like, man, it's, n- it's nothing but shit in jail, I'm sure. It's nothing, n- nothing fun about it. No, and I have a guy on TD, some, some kind of positive light in there, he's doing something. 
But um, I would love to be a fly on the wall when he lands in Tokyo, Japan to see how they react to him. Dude, if I, I see... If I see... If I'm walking down the street, I see six foot three, 440 pound, 200 kilo for our European friends. Dude walking down the street and I'm like, holy shit, who's that guy? Well, when he said that he... He should throw a Go- GoPro on or something. Honestly, he should throw a GoPro. On. I seriously hope he does. Though. I would love to see T- the, in- the, the Instagram live stories or whatever. Just to get a friend to film it, please. Walk the street, go into a mall. If you like, everyone is gonna flock to you. They love that shit. We love that shit. But like, you know, yeah. we just don't have the same curiosity factor for them. Where they'll literally go up into your face and take videos and pictures. Yeah, with the new Godzilla coming out, they may think that it's actually some sort of promo. He better. <laughs> it's a promo. It's a marketing stunt. That's right. But, um, yeah, man, he's an absolute monster. Um, and I, I I can't wait to see. Now I'm really interested in watching the IPF. I can't wait to see if he hits it or not. Yeah. 7-11. And what that works out to in um, Kilo, you pulling that up right now? Yep. And this time I'll actually get a conversion right. That was kind of fun. I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to say. 322.5 is 7.11. So he's going to have to go to 323 on bench. God, that's insane to wrap my head around. For a lot of weight classes, that's a world record deadlift. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. 323 kilo bench. I mean, listen, if you listen to this podcast, maybe set some time aside to either watch the, world's, the, the, world, the world championship screen or hop on over TD's Instagram, watch us prep for the Worlds, and then that Worlds recap. Pay attention, because it's history. It's fucking insane for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, and because, well, as you said, like this is his last IPF meet. Who knows when the next one in this time you're going to see this is. Yeah, you're well said. I don't think there's anybody in the IPF even close. No. Don't, yeah, love him while you got him, man. Like I mean, our- this, is, this is some special stuff, and he's going... Um, we're going to lose him to the USPA. I say lose him. You're still a powerlifting fan. You're going to see him. Well, after he goes, like, the next closest bencher I can think of is Kelly Branton. Um. Who won it in TD's absence as a super heavyweight. And that was, what, like 606 or something like that Kelly hit? Yeah. Canada's Kelly Branton. I wonder if there's someone else out there. I'm trying to roll through my mental Rolodex. If not, Kelly should be hitting those world championships up again and, and take that title back. Yeah. Else. We'll put some pressure on him. But, uh... But anyways, listen, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, love having TD on here. For TD, always an open door situation. Uh, my man is, he's a hell of a talker. He's a, he's a hell of a guest. And he's always in the middle of something. Yep. Um, so we'll have him on maybe when he makes his USPA side debut. And, and maybe get some feedback on how those three lift numbers are going. I, Jesus, he's deadlift like a, couple, a handful of times. And he's already in the 800s. Yeah, That's like nice. I said, I was watching his videos and I was just shocked at the way he's moving for a bench-only guy. And he's not even fully committed to it. No, he's just doing it for fun, he said. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's mucking. Yeah. He's mucking around a little bit with some weights. <laughs> Wait till that's actually in his program. What kind of what kind of deadlift is he going to have? His immediate goals now for his three-lift might get blown out the water a couple years from now. Where it's like, okay, now that I've been squatting and deading, because all three-lift lifters... Listening to this, know how often you have to squat and dead. TD's mucking around with that. Yeah. Imagine he's doing it as much as all of us three lifters are. What are his numbers if he just pulls 800 now? Hits 700 on a safety squat bar for a double. Whittley has that bar, just no safety squat bullshit, just on the back. What's he doubling? 
Which I wanted to bring up, but I can imagine that guy in a safety squad bar. I feel claustrophobic in a safety squad bar. Do you? I mean, I'm huge, but... <laughs> that's, that's just your, that's your ego talking. You got delusions of grandeur. You, you walk around like you are fucking TD. People see you walking around, mobbing around the streets. You got a swagger like you're 440. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. But uh, God bless. That's just the way it should be. So, from Six Pack Lapidat. And Paul Moran's and Lifts. Until next time, peace.